Welcome back to He's Abroad. My name is Jason here in New York, joined as always by John, who is abroad in New Zealand. What's up, John? Hey, we're not the only thing that's abroad. Apparently, this virus is now abroad everywhere. So Now, don't get ahead of yourself, all right? I got stories for you. I, right. I picked, we are going to cover I picked, it's real the funny, shit it's out real, of this thing. It's real funny because you sent me a message the other day, which is absolutely true. Of, I probably picked the worst year to not be looking at the news. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Because I'm finding that about all this stuff in all sorts of weird ways. <laughs> like so I, I get bits and pieces of news that's probably not important. Like when I have uh, when I have my producer run into my office and scream, "Fast and Furious has been moved," and then run out. <laughs> oh God. They... And I'm like, this is my this is my coronavirus news is random people running into my office, or when I have employees say. Hey, there's a guy in here coughing. Does he have to be here today? <laughs> it's like that's <laughs> yeah, but, but that's a fair point. It is no, it's if a totally fair point. But it's just if you're funny sick, how I'm home. getting my stay news home. on this virus that is obviously, again, I get the sports news because I listen to podcasts and you in real time get to hear people go like, "Yep, the NBA season's been canceled," <laughs> but or mm-hmm. just been suspended rather. So you get all this random bits of news. So I have no idea what's actually true and what's not. All I know is that America apparently is is falling apart <laughs> at the at the seams over this thing, and. Well, New Zealand, we'll I believe, we'll maybe has five cases, but the last thing I heard was that like people are doing fine, and now people are worried about Americans coming into this country because apparently America's not doing anything. Like they're not for a country that's as, got as much money as America does, they're kind of dropping the ball right now. So, uh, yeah, that's it's just funny. Like I picked the worst time to like. There's been so much stuff that's happened, and it's only March. <laughs> it's, yeah. We're in the third month of the year. Oh yeah, and uh, I really don't know what's going on. I know very don't forget bits and pieces. The way this year started, I believe, was uh, Trump killed that top general at uh, in uh, Iraq or something. I don't even remember killed, that. Like, the, <laughs> like, yeah, exactly, exactly. That's how it I mean, started. I mean, he was on trial for impeachment like a month and a half ago, right? That was not yeah, that long ago. 2020 is wild. Right, I'm just going to throw <laughs> that out there. Now, look, we'll get into all the coronavirus stuff because I got I got some news, coronavirus news I have to tell you about. Uh-oh. All right. But Do you before have that. What? No. No. Well, you what? said some I mean, news. Prob- like, you're going to tease well, this up. I don't know. You might be able well, to. Let's I, mean, be, I live, mean, well, let's be real. Probably. But you live as in I, one of the densest populated cities in the world. So if there's yeah. ever a place where I wouldn't want to live right now, New York City is like number four on the list. Number one is China. <laughs> hmm. Well, China apparently is solving their issue. They, they right. That's what I'm saying. But again, I don't be, inside. They probably killed some people. But otherwise, they, you know, like he didn't die by coronavirus. <laughs> that's for sure. That's, well, then how did he die? Don't, don't worry about it. It's fine. So, so number one place I wouldn't want to live is China. Number two is Italy. Number three is probably like mm-hmm. Tokyo. And number four is mm-hmm. New York. Just because of the population of, to- of Tokyo and New York City, I wouldn't want to live in either of those places. I mean, Washington State apparently has more more cases than anything else but i think a lot of them came from one nursing home yeah so that's that's what you know about though like you know here's people the deal i'm gonna in New stop. York probably stop this thing it's nuts it's crazy it's it doesn't matter apart. you don't it doesn't matter the point is you don't want to be old in any of these places you could be you in any of these places you'd be fine do you, I'm fine. do you know that though for sure? I'm gonna be fine. You think that? You'd be fine. Yeah, it's not it's not me specifically. It's me having a disease that I don't know I have, or at least having a uh virus that I don't that is not reactive for me, because it's asymptomatic or can be asymptomatic, and then I give it to people who it can harm. Now, 
let me tell you about a bad decision or good decision I made, depending on how you want to look at things during the week. And this is what I wanted to take a little bit of a detour towards. Um, Wednesday night, or maybe it was Tuesday night, one night this week, I think it was Tuesday, I went to, um, I got, I got invited to a show. Greg, who I often reference, by the way, no stories this week, nothing, no reaction, no, no, uh, no feedback from Greg or Arlen. So we'll just have to table that section, uh, that uh, little segment until, uh, until they decide to surface up again. Um, but we went to, uh, I got invited to a concert. Greg, uh, Greg invited me out. He, the, um, drummer of the brothers, which is basically the current iteration of what was the Allman brothers band. Um, he became a regular at, at Greg's bar. And as a result, he was able to get some pretty sweet tickets at a, at the 50th anniversary show for the Almond Brothers at Madison Square Garden. Sold out. And I went along with Greg, Arlen, and two other, two other people from the bar. And I uh, got to say, it was a great show. Is Greg Lasted okay? F- four hours. Greg's fine. Okay. I'm fine. As far as I know, everybody's fine. My ears were ringing for about 48 hours afterwards. It was very loud. And... Lots, lots, lots of old white people and a lot of old white people hippie dancing, which was a lot of fun to see. Also, a lot of Joe Biden lookalikes. You'd expect that. <laughs> well, when you say old white people, I just sort of Joe Biden you think, you think just Joe goes Biden. up there. Yeah, but there was a guy who straight up front profile. He was like, you ever see those? You ever see Joe Biden in sunglasses? It was basically that. Like for the front profile, you know, I know you, you're visualizing exactly what you need to be in this moment. Sure. Um, yeah, the show was great. There was a, there was some odd creeper in front of me. I, there was really strange. There, there was a dude in front of us who, so there was a guy at about our two o'clock, a couple rows up. He was, um, and he was just into it. This guy tie dye shirt, just dancing uh flamboyantly to everything and that's the best word i could use because it was like everything moving a lot of hugging a lot of hands waving a lot of a lot of gyration you know he's having a good time he's really feeling the music okay i got i got a little um instagram video of him you know praising his uh his enjoyment of the show and uh, and sure enough this guy in front of me he was taking some video anybody who caught a glimpse of this guy they were taking some video so I'm like, cool, all right, this guy's on board. He's, he's taking he's taking video of this guy being silly. We're having a good time, right? Then the guy actually ends up taking video of a, of a couple making out right in front of him. And I thought that was really gross. <laughs> the guy taking video. <laughs> but this is the kind of crowd I'm working with, okay? Yeah. He's a young couple. And then there's this old dude in front of us who's, uh, who's like trying to take this video on the sly of this young couple making out. I'm like, that's kind of gross. So then... I get some flack from some people. They're like, why did you go to the show? Why did you go to the concert? That's reckless. Are you keeping social distancing? Are you are you wearing your mask? Hey, you should be wearing a mask. Well, the mask doesn't um, help you from other I people. I know. I understand. Okay. And, Cause, cause we, and then we I'm watching. This in Japan, right? We learned this in Japan yeah. about why people yeah, wear a yeah, mask. Yeah. It's to keep exactly. you from getting sick. Not from, not for, it's to keep you from getting other people sick, rather, than right. you getting sick. Exactly. If you, if you it's wear like the a mask, you're already thing. sick. It's like a courtesy. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you basically, 
So then I'm listening to Sanjay Gupta on CNN, who, by the way, kudos to Sanjay Gupta. That dude has got to be on call at CNN right now, 24 well, seven. Every guest, though? look, look though. Every guest, every anchor is calling guy, in Sanjay. Hold on for a second. If you're this guy, this is the only reason why I keep you around is for this. Because otherwise, what? we're making stuff up. We're making stuff up for no. old Sanjay. He's Whoa. doing like things on medical <laughs> marijuana. And it's like, whatever, fine. But yeah, guess what? When this happens, Sanjay, you're going to be working 24-7 because that's the only reason why we have you here. So he doesn't get any kudos from me because that's literally the only reason why you keep a dude like this on staff at a news company. Wow. Well, there's, there's a... There, he's got those segments where he's like running around with a bunch of fatties and then he's like, yeah, we're going to get in shape. Yeah, yeah but that's my point, though. Like, you don't really need him to do that. You need him for this. this well, who is, are you doing with that? Although, time. I will say, when if, you're, a, when if you're Chris a Cuomo doing that with people, when there's a I'd like to see Chris Cuomo I don't motivating hear from some Chris fatties. Cuomo. I want to hear from a doctor. And so that's why you're here. That's Cuomo. why you're on TV. Like, Dr. Oz? Where's Dr. Oz? That's the only reason why you exist, is explain this and not come up with some voodoo science of, you know, if you eat an orange slice and, and pour olive oil down your throat, you'll heal of this thing. Like, some actual real science from a dude with a medical degree is Can why I, you exist on TV. I want to sidebar and say that uh, apparently, the <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what the context is. I'm only going to read this little thing. Real, real Clear Politics is an interesting site because it only, it basically just quotes things that happened and then there's some video associated with it. But I guess he's talking to Sanjay, but he, this, is, this is the exact paragraph from it. And I saw this headline and of course, of course, this was from Fox News trying to shit on him. CNN's Chris Cuomo offered advice on how not to get coronavirus in an interview Thursday night with CNN's Sanjay Gupta. Quote, go straight ethnic. Be cleaning everything all the time with the harshest cleaners that you can find. End quote. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> Last night, CNN's Jim Acosta said it was xenophobic for President Trump to call COVID-19 a foreign virus. And then and that's the end. That's the whole thing that real clear politics says. But I guess that's what Chris Cuomo said. That's fun. So now uh, everybody's picking that up. So anyway, um, the concert was great. But when I'm listening to Sanjay and he says, basically, if you're if you're not someone who's susceptible to the disease, you should be okay, but you should still be cautious and keep social distancing so you, as a potential carrier, don't infect anybody who is susceptible to get infected. And, you know, it can be hazardous and harmful. But if you are in the older crowd, you should avoid large groups, particularly any events more than 100 people or any large gatherings. If you're older, aged, then you just shouldn't do that. You should stay indoors, stay safe. Um quarantine yourself for a while while this becomes you know while it starts to die down and then i'm thinking back to tuesday night at this concert i'm like whoa <laughs> that was a sold out show of nothing but people who are susceptible to coronavirus <laughs> like high risk coronavirus people that's what was going on in the garden it might as well have been a convention for those people yeah, and, and the by funny that, I mean thing old is, white is people. That- I counted, by the way, if you want, I, at one point, I was like, how many black people are in here right now? And I was like looking around. I think I counted four, one being Greg's wife, one being in the stands, like close by that I could see, and two being in the band. <laughs> that was <laughs> it. <laughs> well, look, Madison Square Garden... Because the owner, James Dolan, was the one dude 
from the NBA who didn't think that they should shut down playing. So I'm surprised even <laughs> that doesn't surprise me at all that Madison Square Garden was just like, yeah, just let the government tell us when to stop. We're going to keep doing stuff. Yeah. And that's kind of where my position is. Like, I'm not just going around licking things and breathing on people, you know, like I normally do. Obviously, I need to scale back, but I'm going to be, you know, I'm not I don't want to, like, derail my life based on this. I'll wash my hands. I'll, I'll exercise some. So I'll keep distance from people, I suppose. Um, and if somebody tells me, hey, you got to work from home or this thing's canceled and you can't do this thing, then it's like, all right. Got it. Government comes by. Hey, you got to stay in your house. You got to stay in your apartment for two weeks. Okay. If that's what I need to do, I'll do it. Got it. I'll follow your advice. I trust you, Mr. President. Well, he said it was a he said it was a hoax first, and now it's not a hoax, so I don't really know what no. to believe from your president. You know, hoaxes are, um, you know, they, they could change. <laughs> sometimes it's a hoax, sometimes it's not a hoax. It was a hoax on Depends Monday. It's a it. national emergency today. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, sometimes pranks could get a little out of control. Sure. You know, they start funny, and then all of a sudden, someone gets killed, and you're like, eh, maybe it's not that funny anymore. Sure. All right, well, we'll get to that later, maybe. For now, let's get to some news you need to know about. Now, of course, coronavirus is the hot topic, but, you know, we're not just going to talk about the coronavirus. Now, all three of these news stories are coronavirus-based. And We're as not going to talk always, about the coronavirus, but all the news that I have is coronavirus based. Well, it's like it's a result of the coronavirus, but it's not necessarily about the coronavirus. You know what I mean? Like, we're not just going to talk about the numbers. We're going to talk about some of the weird ancillary stuff that nobody is really talking about. So we're going to get a little weird and we might even have a little fun. OK, so if you don't know, John's not watching the news, although one of these stories he did tell me about. Well, so somebody else told me about he knows. Yes. And if you're that somebody else, maybe you should tell me and then I could tell him and then we can make better content because the getting his surprise reaction is a lot more fun. It doesn't matter. Here are your three topics you're to choose from and we'll go in your order. All right. We got we got brawls. We got hustling. And we got shit. <laughs> Which one do you want to know? <laughs> Oh, Where do you Jesus. want to start? <laughs> let's let's start with the last one and move our way forward. All right, it's a good start. Here we go. Ready? You selected shit. Reading from Business Insider, Netherland. Oh, I guess it's the Netherlands Business Insider. <laughs> I never, I never actually see for for a real international podcast here. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Who the hell writes Netherlands like Netherland? Is that really what they call it? Is that is that how it is? I don't know. I have no idea. All right. Well, we'll assume it is. Here we go. Ready? Reading from them. And I hate Business Insider, but this is where the story is. And maybe in the Netherlands, they're better than the the um, clickbaity article links that you get here in the Google feeds in the States. Bidet sales are soaring as the coronavirus causes toilet paper panic buying frenzies around the world. So there you go. As the ongoing coronavirus outbreak has led to an uptick in toilet paper sales, some bidet brands are seeing their sales soar. Brondel, a home product company that sells a variety of bidet attachments, says sales have increased over the past few days. Bidet distributor Hygiene for Health said the same, and Crunchbase recently reported that bidet startup Tushy has also seen a spike. <laughs> Uh, that's a funny word. The surge in interest comes as people around the world have been stockpiling toilet paper, prompting prompting some retailers to impose limits on how many rolls one customer can purchase. 
I'm not doing that. It says visit Business Insider's homepage for more stories. That's a terrible bullet. Do we know? Hold on for a second. Do we know why people are stockpiling toilet paper? Because I know it's not like a rumor, but like why? But like why it's are they not a rumor? It is happening. No, but it was I a rumor. Again, I'll tell you where the rumor came from because I believe it started here in New Zealand or Australia, according to a coworker. And this is what happens when you don't actually mm-hmm. read the news; you just repeat stuff that people tell you. That apparently mm-hmm. this rumor started. That it, the toilet paper comes from China, that it's made in China, so you need to stock up. So people in Australia started going out and buying toilet paper, when really most oh, toilet paper is made in the country that you live in. So specifically in New Zealand, people started buying toilet paper, but now people have kind of stopped because they're like, well, wait a minute, all the toilet paper is made here in New Zealand. And the virus is not this widespread thing here, so why are we stocking up on toilet paper when it's just made here? Well, I could uh, I could read from Boston.com. Pandemic panic. Why are people buying so much toilet paper? Uh, let's see. Do, 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 do. It says, come on, don't give me the lead up. Just give me the actual thing. They're also buying toilet paper. New England are the only one. Da, 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 da. There are, there's a reason for it, according to Boston University professor, and it has to do with a thing called zero risk bias. Quote, when faced with an uncertain situation, people feel better if they can eliminate one risk. And quote, Dr. J... Zagorski, a senior lecturer with BU's Questrom School of Business, said in an email to Boston.com, quote, bulk buying toilet paper eliminates the small risk of running out of quarantine of it. Wait, uh, the small risk of running out if quarantined. People might not be able to eliminate the risk of catching coronavirus, but they can eliminate the risk of running out of toilet paper, which makes most people feel they have some control in this very uncertain situation, end quote. So there you go. He said, this isn't the first time TP has been the most sought out commodity. It happened in the U.S. in 1973 when people were already afraid of losing other things like electricity or gas. The government warned a potential toilet paper shortage, but panic didn't ensue until Johnny Carson made a joke about it on television, tipping off to hordes upon two horde rolls upon rolls. Where, uh, yeah, so that that's kind of it, I guess. You want to feel a little bit in control, but... A lot of people getting toilet paper, and I don't know how long you expect to be in lockdown for this thing. Because yeah, if everybody stayed quarantined, the thing would just die out after two weeks, right? Like, if nobody left their home, nobody talked to anybody, the virus just kind of died in whatever people it was still in, then it, it it's over. It ends, right? Or at least you reduce I, again, it so small that things I can go no back idea. to normal. I can't say that for sure or not. I don't know. Maybe. Well, you, you would assume. You would hope. <laughs> Like, if it doesn't have a host, where does it go? Your body I, dude, fights I don't it. know. Where did it come from? I don't, you're talking to a non-medical We told you last week it came from pangolins. I, we, we know think, that. We know right? it came from pangolins. Do we? Allegedly. Maybe. <laughs> exactly. Maybe. Everything's Holy alleged. Shit. So you're 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 doing the opposite of the fear monger. And you're just going like, ah, if everyone just stayed inside for a couple of weeks, it'll be gone. I don't know that. I have no idea. Let's talk about, let's go check out these bidet things because this is kind of wild. Lally said that Brondell is selling a bidet on Amazon every two minutes for about 1,000 units a day. The company earned $100,000 in one day this week through Amazon sales. An exceptional increase, only an average, an exceptional increase over an average day, according to Lally. Brondell's direct sales have also spiked, and overall sale demand across the company's retail channel has increased about 300%. As toilet paper wars have raged on, we have seen large and vocal community of passionate bidet advocates stepping up to promote the benefits of and hygiene of washing with water. The it's quote, a conspiracy. It's, it's a conspiracy here, that was made by the bidet companies. So you think coronavirus was made by the bidet companies? 
I mean, I, I see a correlation here. It fits. It's true. It fits. Um, here we go. So it's not just major brands like Brondel that are seeing a huge boost in traffic. Hygiene for Health, an independent bidet distributor, said it's seen a huge uptick in demand for bidet seats and attachments in an email to business. This is a sentence that stood out to me. The Go Bidet 2003C model, a chrome bidet attachment that sells for $146 on Amazon, has seen a 50% increase in demand over the last 14 days. Hygiene for Health's Debbie Chamberlain said via email. That's kind of a cool model, the Gobe Day 2003C model. I'm gonna look that up. Let's see what we got. Yeah, but Go I mean, bidet look, I I mean, the times that I've used, I've used the bidet, I've used toilet paper. I don't really feel strongly about either one. I don't feel like the bidet is what? such a magical achievement. I don't. I don't feel like it's such a magical uh, achievement that it's changed my life. I didn't feel that way when I used it. It was fine. And we've been to Japan too. That's what I mean, those it was things fine. are great. It was okay. It was it was fine. But did it's I feel awesome. like I needed to go right out immediately oh. and buy this thing because it's a change in my life? Not really. If one's ever on sale, I mean, look, I I don't believe in the attachments because everyone that I know that's bought the attachment eventually go, hey, this thing starts leaking water and it's a mess. You want to buy like the Japanese equipment. toilet with it built in? Yeah, like that's yeah, the difference. That's, so if I'm gonna get a bidet, jam. I'm gonna get the whole thing. Not just some little cheap thing that hooks up to the water tank and you sort of attach to the seat. Like you want an actual, like the toilet that comes with it stocked. And so I'm not going to buy some cheap attachment that'll break in probably a couple of years. Like just, if that's the case, go buy the $1,000 plus toilet and and do the whole thing. Don't go don't go half cheek on this thing. Go full cheek. Both cheeks. <laughs> Good advice. Good advice. But still, I, I highly disagree. I, I am uh, I'm a I'm a bidet fan. I'm a fan of the bidet. One. Do you have one? No. So no. there you go. So you're not that much of a fan. It's only fifty bucks. Yeah, but I you know I don't want to be spoiled. It's not a, it's one hundred fifty bucks, and I got to set it up. That's probably a bigger problem than the <laughs> wow. cost. All right, let's move on. So here we go. We got hustling and we got brawls. Which uh, one do you want next? Let's do hustling. We're going backwards to forwards. Okay, cool. And then. So this is the one, the other one that you do not know. This is also a short one, but it's fun. Actually, it's on Twitter. Um, so this is from BBC. Leeds pupil sent home for selling hand sanitizer. This is written. Oh, March look at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is fun. A teenager was sent home from school after being caught. After being caught. Blah, let me start over. Let me take a drink of water. Look, only thing I can say now is that this is this is what it's about to be in a capitalist society. Yep. A teenage a teenager was sent home from school after being caught selling shots of hand sanitizer to his fellow pupils at fifty P a go, his family claimed. I don't I guess that's pence. Fifty pence? Fifty pence, fifty pounds. Not fifty pounds, that sounds like a lot. No, it says fifty probably. lowercase P. Let's call it pence. Yeah. All right. His mother, Jenny Tompkins, from Leeds posted a picture of him arriving home earlier afternoon after his entrepreneurial exploits at Dixon's Universe Unity Academy. Uh, I wonder if the, yeah, the name's not here. It just talks about his, his mom in a post on Facebook. She said it was hard to discipline her son when his dad, when his quote, dad called to say he was a legend and quote. <laughs> he's a bloody legend. <laughs> yeah. The school denied it had excluded any pupils for selling hand, hand sanitizer. Some respondents to the post, which was shared nearly 130,000 times, praised his efforts. One said, quote, can't fault his logic, end quote. Others, others reminisced about selling cigarettes for one pound to go. Some, someone said, someone else said, quote, Betty gets an A in economics, end quote. 
His mother, however, said she tried to be serious when the school called, and later when her son arrived home, quote, with a big grin on his face. End quote. <laughs> she said this was made more difficult after she called his father at work, who responded by calling him, quote, a an expletive legend so i could assume a fucking legend yeah. a bloody legend a whatever legend you know but they they blanked that out damn this is wow what, a, what an interesting dynamic with that uh with those parents her son plans to use the nine pounds he made to buy a kebab and a multi-pack of doritos she had. man this is <laughs> This also might be the most British story I've ever read just because of all that. That's why it's so hard to read. It's very difficult to read through this thing. In a statement, like every word I could pronounce, but a lot of these stringing together are difficult. In a statement, the school said, quote, no pupil has ever been has ever been excluded for selling hand sanitizer. The student in question was excluded for a separate and unrelated incident in line with with academy behavior policy and quote behavior, of course, but with the U. Like a crazy person. Earlier, it was announced the number of confirmed coronavirus cases in the UK had now reached 460 after the biggest after the biggest rise in a single day. Six patients with coronavirus have died in hospitals in the UK. The latest was a man in his early 80s in Watford who had underlying health conditions, as they all do, and as they all are. That's that's the story. This this guy is doing it right. Good for this kid. And again, I think that's when you can't discipline your kid, right? You have to come home and just go, look, man, you probably shouldn't do it, but, you know, good on you. <laughs> what do you think of the – so he made $9. He made 18 sales, yep. right? 18 sales, and then he's going to buy a kebab and a multi-pack of Doritos. I don't know what a multi-pack of Doritos is. I guess the different flavors, right? So you get, like, Cool Ranch in the original and a third So you get, flavor. like, a few bags. Yeah, Got you it. get a couple of bags. Yeah. So Look, I don't, I mean, if, if I were him, I would have, uh, you know, maybe, maybe rose the price a bit, right? You got to strike while the iron is hot. Just like on Amazon, I believe yeah. you can buy hand sanitizer for a hundred bucks for a big bottle of it. hundred, two hundred bucks. Um, and it's maybe. real funny because people are buying hand sanitizer, but they're just not using soap. Isn't soap like the, the first stop and hand sanitizer is like the quick, okay, I don't have time to go wash my hands. Let me use this very highly. Yeah concentrated alcohol but if you have soap why do you need hand sanitizer don't because you're not always by a sink hand sanitizer is meant for like disinfecting on the go i think it also has to do with um there's a you know with the paranoia and everybody being like wash your hands all these things make sure you're not touching anything and if you do touch something then wash your hands and the hand sanitizer is just a convenient way of getting around that where i'll not buy a sink but I need to wash my hands. Okay, hand sanitizer. You've been. When was the last time you were on a cruise? Me? Oh, uh, fifth. Oh, gee, sixteen years ago. Fifteen, sixteen okay. years. Okay. When you were when you were on that cruise, when you went into a room, was there like hand sanitizer stations, or was there somebody who like made you sanitize your hands before you walked into like an eating area? Not that I remember. Because that's one thing I remember from the cruise I was on years ago was you would walk into the dining hall and there'd be a dude up front with like a big thing of hand sanitizer making sure everybody did it before they walked in. I mean, maybe. I, d- I mean, it was so long ago. The only thing I remember about that cruise, there's two stories I remember about this cruise. I remember that Howie Mandel was on this cruise and wouldn't shake anyone's hand because right now he's the one that's saying, I told you so. Because he's yep. a giant germaphobe and he doesn't shake hands with people. He gives you fist bumps and head nods and he's not a, he won't touch you. Yeah. Well, so fist bump wouldn't even do it now. I mean, you got you to give somebody like the elbow now. And the and the second thing that I remember about this, and this is a great story, by the way. I don't think I've ever told this story on the podcast. So 
Uh, yeah, I had to be about 19. I was in I was in college. We went on a family cruise. And so in the place next door to us, right? So like you know in a cruise where we didn't have a window, like we talked about this, how you, we didn't have a window um, where you can actually see outside. You're kind of inside and you have a bit of a window where you can see down to like the lower levels of the cruise. Like you can kind of see people walking around. Okay, Anyways. so that's okay. That's not like you're you're on the inside. Yeah, we weren't completely locked anything. in. It had a bit of a window where you could see inside the cruise. Like it's almost like looking inside okay, so of a hotel where you can see like down below to like the lobby or something like that. Yeah, it's like when yeah, I got it. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay, so anyways, right? This cruise It's kind of like, like you're looking into a courtyard. I'm trying to remember the name of this cruise. It was like the first release of this cruise. This cruise was nuts, right? It had a bunch of crazy stuff on it. It had a water slide, it had a nightclub in it, right? Was it carnival? If I remember, you know, I might have been older. I might have been 21. Anyways, the age was either 18 or 21 where you would go into this club, right? Where you had to be that are you, age. Are you get... just, are you rounding up in case your parents are listening? No, no, no. I, I just don't remember because one, me and my sister like went there and were like, this is whack. <laughs> so I think I had to be maybe 21 because <laughs> I was just like, this is lame. Like, I'm not going to go into this club because it's just stupid, right? So like, it's, a, yeah. it's a club on a cruise. So either you get old people or you get people who shouldn't be there. So next door to us now the rule inside of a cruise so i had to be 21 so yeah maybe it was 14 15 years ago 21 22 maybe so the rule was in order to be in a room if you were under the age of 18 you had to be in a room with an adult right so if you're let's say you're all times you're 16 you have to room with an adult basically they didn't want two people under the age of 18 being in a separate room that was the rule on the cruise Right. So okay. what happened? Obviously, what parents do is they go, yeah, 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 we're going to book room. You know, mom and daughter one are in this room and dad and daughter two are in the other room. And then look, once we get to the room, it doesn't matter. You guys sleep where you want to. Right. We'll give you keys. You can just move between the rooms. It doesn't matter. Right. We're family. Right. So that was generally the rule. And next door to us, there had to be a girl that was, let's say, a girl that was 17 and a girl that was 15. Right. So it mm-hmm. was a it was a girl and her cousin. So, obviously, me and my sister are a little older. We're actually having more fun, like, getting off the boat and, like, doing stuff. Like, we, like we, when you're in Cozumel, there's, like, a cooking class. Yeah, I had to be 21 because, like, I wasn't trying to – I was, like, we're cooking. We're doing fun stuff, right? Like, you're not going on a cruise just sure. to get hammered because by that point, you're just, like, what's the point? It's stupid. So well, – I mean, there's, there's people who want to do that well beyond 21. Absolutely. But, again, you, I mean, you know me at this point where it's just, like, yeah, if it seems lame, I'm just not going to do it. Right? I'm pretty stubborn yep. in that Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with yeah. So anyways, it had to be about 3 o'clock in the morning. And the next thing, like it was probably like we were – it was a week-long cruise. We were maybe day five into the cruise, day four or five into the cruise. Okay. okay. And so all of a sudden, you just hear this arguing next door. And of course, in a cruise, right, you're pretty tightly packed into these rooms. These rooms aren't big. So there's just this screaming next door. And you just hear – I don't understand why I can't, you know, she didn't get caught, but I did, and just cursing out, and it's just, first, it's it's mom and this girl yelling, and I'm like, what is going on? It's three o'clock in the morning. So apparently, <laughs> what happened, what happened is, there's this girl, and she was sitting here, she got caught in this club for being underage Uh-oh. on a cruise, which Uh-oh. has to be probably the lamest thing that could possibly happen, Right. So, of course, right, they probably woke up her parents and said, hey, your daughter is caught sneaking into this club, so on and so forth. She's getting yelled at by her, you know, her mom's yelling at her. And she's like, I don't care. I'm going away to college next year. You know, this is stupid. Why didn't you get her, like, her cousin? So she was upset at her cousin because her cousin, who I believe was 15 at the time. And again, you can hear all of this, was 15 at the time. Fif- didn't get caught. 15, oh. So oh, she's still okay. in the club having a good time. And the 17-year-old Good for her. Caught. 
And the right. funniest line of this was when, so of course, right, mom is arguing with her and they're screaming at the top of their lungs. And again, look, it's, it's white people. They're in there screaming at the top of their lungs. I'm like, I can't believe, I'm sitting, me and my sister look at each other like, I can't believe this is actually happening. It's three o'clock in the morning. I don't, I don't like so, the way you said white people. That was upsetting. So mom leaves and storms the door. And I say this because it's going to make sense soon, right? And the next thing you know, okay. dad comes in and this, you know, yeah. don't talk to your mother like this, that and the other. And she starts screaming at her dad. And the, the famous line was this is, when you get home, I'm taking away the Mercedes. <laughs> I'll never forget the way that he said that. He goes, when we get home, I'm taking away the Mercedes. And she lost it. She completely oh lost her ever-loving mind. Stuff was being thrown. There was clashing. There was banging. And I'm sitting there looking at my sister like, is anyone going to like call? Like, what do you Yeah, do we well, that's what I'm wondering through this whole story. How long is this happening over the course of? About 20 minutes. Whoa. Right? And now, now, now here's the deal, right? Like, I know that the parents are involved. And look, I'm like, I don't Someone's got to snitch. That's the thing. Someone, look, someone's got to snitch. At so that here's point. the deal, right? Like, this is one of those things where I'm like 20. I had to be like 21, right? It's so like, I'm yeah. still young enough to be like, look, first of all, young black guy, the last thing I want to do is get involved in these white people's problems because the first thing they'll do oh. is call somebody on me. The next thing you know, I get thrown off this boat. So I'm trying Literally. to, first of all, just be like, maybe they'll just stop soon, right? And we call downstairs. We call to be like, hey, look, man, there's some craziness going on next door. Can you bring somebody up here? So, of course, the cruise is like four in the morning. Like, okay, okay, yeah, we'll bring somebody up there. So by the time they bring somebody up here, dad had kind of walked out and the girl was still throwing stuff. Like she was throwing stuff in her room. Like you could hear stuff crash on and so forth. They come upstairs. There's, and not, much, there, there's not that much room to throw Again, things. I think they had a and, lot of stuff. So I think it's like suitcases were being thrown, like personal belongings uh, were being thrown. Because by well, now she's, she's stuck in the room by herself because they told her, don't you leave. Like she's having a tantrum, and she's, she's and she she's upset. Is what you're saying? She's upset. she's losing her mind, right? Like she's completely <laughs> okay. like like she's completely lost her mind. So then what yeah, happens? Well she lost next? the Mercedes. So what I'd happens next is so right. The person comes upstairs, right, and then they tell us like, hey, okay, you know, I think it's over. Don't worry about it, so on and so forth. So about ten minutes later, all of a sudden, it's just it's Eminem being blasted at probably <laughs> the loudest level you could possibly think of for three o'clock in the morning. So I'm kind of me and my sister kind of look at each other. I go, I'm going next door. I was like, I'm, I can't do this. So I go next door <laughs> and I bang like I just I do one of these where I go like as loud as I possibly can, just like hard, solid, like heavy handed, boom, boom, yep. knock. Right? Like you're gonna hear this. Like, this is intense. This. this is like, like I did it. We got we got a problem. I'm sitting here banging on the door because I'm a grown man and I'm not dealing with some white girl throwing a tantrum. And I'm going to be real yep. clear of like, hey, you got to. So she opens the door and I'm like, hey, enough. You got to turn this music down. Like, I get it. Right. We're close to the same age, but I'm not having this anymore. Turn the music down. And so she kind of snotty, just kind of goes like whatever and slams the door in my face. How rude. So the music goes down. Mm-hmm. And at this point, I'm like, OK, maybe I made my point because, you know, large black dude. <laughs> All right. I think she gets it. Like, I don't think you really want these problems. Chill out. It's going to be okay. I don't know. Maybe she did. She's mad at her parents. Maybe. <laughs> so the funny thing is, this this happens, right? So the night Nothing. Not even, even going to respond to that one. That's it. You're just gonna I, I'm going to leave it alone. I'm going to leave it alone. So the next night, because the story, I'm trying to wrap the story up. The, the, the next night, right? <laughs> All right. Of course, you're in your room. I, I'm playing music at a... It's like 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. You're about to go to dinner. I think you, you, they had like two dinner slots. There was like a 5 o'clock slot and a 7 o'clock slot or something like that on the cruise. 
So, of course, me and my sister, I've got like a little, I'm like playing on my phone or something. We're playing music. And I happened to be listening to Jay-Z at the time, because I'm going to say this because it's important to the story. It doesn't matter. But, right. you know, the music yeah, go ahead. and everything's going good, right? I'm yeah, getting dressed, yeah. you know, whatever. Sure. And she starts banging on the wall. Oh, God. And I'm like, I know you cannot be serious that you're going to bang on the wall because I'm playing music at a respectable level at 4.30 in the afternoon after what you put me through last night at 4 o'clock in the morning. So at that point, right, I'm again, I'm still fairly young. I turn the music up. Because oh, I'm like, no, 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 this is not going to work this way. You're not going to tell me to turn my music down when it's light outside. So I turn the music up. And so this girl has a nerve to yell at her top of the lungs, turn down to 50 cents. So now, not oh. only am I insulted that she made this assumption, because I'm like, you don't even know good rap music at this point. So what are we doing? So she's yelling yep. at she, so he, she yelled this at me. So then the first thing I do, I go, and my sister's like, don't, and I'm nope, I'm going over there. Me and this girl are going to war now. We have reached that point in this story where I don't care because she's not supposed to be in this room by herself. She's supposed to have a parent with her. Yeah. So I do the same thing. I go next door. She swings the door open. I'm like, do we have a problem? She's like, you need to turn down the music because my cousin is sleeping. I'm like, oh, is this the same cousin that, that was sleeping in the... Oh, so she must have had a hard night then when you were stuck in this room. Slams the door in my face. <laughs> I go back to the room. I turn the music up and I keep it at that level. So as this is going on, she actually calls somebody to come up here. Someone comes up here and goes, hey, how's it going? You know, we got a complaint next door. And I just thought, I was like, look, that girl last night was the one that we called about that had us up for about a couple of hours with her yelling and screaming and trashing her room. She's in there with her cousin who's underage. Me and my, my sister at this point, who's a few years older than me, I'm like, there's two adults here and we're sitting here the next, ch- next to two children paying a lot of money for this. I think you guys need to go handle that with their parents. And the guy goes, hey, look, sir, I'm very sorry. I apologize. We'll, we'll go take care of this. They go next door. There's some talking back and forth. That's the last we heard of it. There's nothing else that we heard of that. So, so that is my <laughs> cruise story. It's a great story. I don't think I've ever told it on this podcast. But that's why I personally am not a giant fan of cruises. And specifically, because going on a cruise during Christmas time. Because as we learned oh. as a family, never go on a cruise during Christmas because that's when everyone takes their kids. And if you want to go on a cruise where you're around other adults, do not go during Christmas. Or go on an Alaska cruise like I did. Not many yeah, kids on that, that one. seemed lovely. My parents went on an Alaska cruise, loved it. But we went on a cruise in Miami. We cruise around the general, you know, you go to Jamaica, you go to Dominican Republic, which is like the gated off part of the Dominican Republic. Because that's the other part that made me, that completely turned me off from a cruise. Is like you stop on this like beautiful Royal Caribbean beach and there's all these people with their hands out over the fence. And they're all black mm. people. And <laughs> you're just like, oh, mm. man, I can't be sitting here with my, with my shorts on and my, and my drink. And these kids got their hands through the gate. It's like, oh, man, we can't do this. But, yeah, that's my uh, – sorry, we took, a, we took a detour here. But that's, that's my – No, question. that's okay. That's a, good, that's a good story. It's a good story. I will never forget that story. girl. I wonder where that girl is now because she lost her mind. It was nuts. I've never heard anyone scream at their parents. That's the first time I've ever heard anyone scream at their parents to that level and like get away with it. Like if that was me, they would have sent me through the crew. I would have been off that boat. (laughs) 
in the middle of the night in some ocean. Someone would have tossed me overboard. She probably lost the Mercedes for probably a day. If that. And then like, got it. And then got it right that back. by the time they got off the boat. Yeah. It's basically the um the girl from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. I want a golden goose and I, I mean, want one now, Daddy. I mean, it was it was bad. It was a lot of screaming and and again, it's because she got caught being underage in a cruise nightclub. <laughs> yeah. It's a war of escalation, you know? And if you're in the wrong, well, kind of no one to went to back down and say, look, I'm sorry. You're right. Shouldn't have done that. So look, I don't can know we, how we can got we on resolve this. this situation amicably. I don't know how we well, got on this topic, but you asked me if I had ever been on a cruise before. And the answer is yes. And I've only been on a cruise once. Okay, cool. And they give you hand sanitizer. Let's move on to the last story. Brawls. Here we go. From reading from the Guardian. Mass monkey brawl highlights coronavirus effect on Thailand tourism. Fewer visitors means less food for troops of wild monkeys at Prang Yam Yad. So this is in Thailand. The coronavirus outbreak has left Thailand's hotels empty, its tour guides without work, and its markets unusually quiet. The country's wildlife may also now be noticing a lack of visitors. A video filmed this week in Lotbury, north of East Bank, northeast of Bangkok, showed large crowds of monkeys brawling in the streets, apparently fighting over a yogurt pot. Residents in the in the city, which is which is famed for its monkey population, say the fall in tourism numbers means there are far fewer people offering food. Quote, it's the summer, so usually we see a lot of tourists, but now because of the outbreak, there are so few that the markets are very quiet. Not, not enough tourists come to leave food for the monkeys at Prang Sam Yad Temple, and quote, Sasuluk Ratanachai, who posted a video of the brawl online. You should see this video. Kalsad English. It's nuts. The monk. Can you send me the video? Because I actually haven't seen it. I, I believe it's on the. I'm looking at the article. Yeah, I'm going to send you. I believe this is it. It's on the. It's on the page. All right, I'll just. I'll just mute my. Yeah. Okay, it's here nuts. we go. Okay, so we got it's... a whole bunch of monkeys running down the streets. <laughs> like there are a lot of these things. They're small. Well, they're like yeah. They're, they're like, like the um, that you gave gum to in Japan. <laughs> no, they're a little bigger than that. They're a little bigger than the uh, than the squirrel monkeys. Yeah. But they're um there there is a lot of them. Oh and my they god! They're like little dogs, the actually. They've mobbed the street. Yeah, there's there's got to be what thousand. Oh them? my god! Oh my god! There's at least hundred. Holy shit! And then they just all like kind of run into the middle, and they're just like piling on. It's like it's like the zombie piles in uh, World War Z. Yes, because someone threw moment. out some food. It looks like, or some food was found, and oh then they god. all start fighting each other. Over and there's like one monkey in the front who's like, I'm not getting involved in that. <laughs> and then there's one monkey who like runs with the thing, and they all start chasing him. It's nuts. It's crazy. Wow. That is nuts. There's so many monkeys. So many monkeys. This is how it begins. This is how uh, Planet of the Apes begins. This is how the animal revolution begins. It's all it takes is one virus. It will not be televised, but it will be streamed on YouTube. <laughs> um, the monkeys are known for marauding the streets and stealing food from residents and suspicious. You know what? I did think of like the uh, like those Oliver Twist type gangs. Where they'd be running around prowling the streets, like they're kind of walking, like we own the place, looking for the next guy to jump, and they kind of run in a group. Kind of looked like that. Scraps between the monkeys are not uncommon, but a brawl of this size is rare, prompting one Thai reporter to attempt a vox pop with the local monkeys. I don't know what that means. I don't know. Let's, what go that to, let's click that link. Let's see what happens here. This is a Facebook page. 
Each troop has at least 500 members, according to Manad Vimuktipun of Lotbury Monkey Foundation. They'll steal anything, he said. Quote, colorful, orna- colorful ornaments, caps, sunglasses, and quote. There are fewer tourists in the city, he added, and there is enough, and there is not enough food being offered. Let's see what this link actually did. All right, that link's broken. The coronavirus outbreak is a severe blow to the Thailand's tourism industry, which is crucial to the country's already struggling economy. This week, the country's tourism authority warned that the number of foreign visitors may fall to 300 to 30 million this year from last year's 39.8 million, according to the Bangkok Post. Government has been criticized for its lack of. It doesn't matter. The point is about the monkeys. 500. 500 people in a troop. It's a lot. I don't know what a box pop is. Kind of want to know what that is. Look, I mean, box. it's real oh, funny oh, shit. because yeah, there's just like a whole bunch. There's just a whole bunch of these monkeys. Like, <laughs> I wish I knew what they were saying because this this monkey's like being interviewed like a candid camera. You gotta. I don't know if you can see that link. No, let's see. Send it to me. Let's but this monkey's just like walking away. Like it's it's like man on the street, but with monkeys. <laughs> oh yeah, it is. Look at this. He's like got the interview. The monkey's looking at him like, bro, what do you want? Yeah. It's like, I'm hungry. Yeah, uh, there's subtitles, but the subtitles aren't in English. They're in Thai. Which is upsetting. (laughs) Yeah, it's very interesting, but you're kind of looking at this monkey, like, front profile, and he's got all his monkey friends behind him. They're just chilling on the streets. Wow, this monkey's got a real interesting haircut. It's like, yeah, it is literally like man on the street. Like, if you were in New York, of like, what do you think about, man, this is crazy. We can't eat no food. (laughs) That's basically what he's doing. (laughs) Yeah. Man, I was just trying to grab those scraps, and then someone just threw me a left hook. Not cool. (laughs) Not cool. I just wanted a snack, and then this guy's just coming in, and he's just starting to beat the shit out of us. Come on. I mean, what's we're the just, like, just do you think here. that they should just like feed the monkeys, just like airdrop some food to the monkeys? <sighs> Man, I don't know. Because like, look, look. To be fair, if the monkeys are relying on getting food from people, then yeah, it's just like people fighting over toilet paper at Costco, right? It's the same thing. People fighting over the toilet paper? I think so. Like, why wouldn't they? If it's run, if it's running short and someone's got a roll or they've got a basket full of rolls, someone's like, hey, can I get a roll? They're like, no, this is my roll. I could totally see people fighting over toilet paper. It's just the same thing with monkeys, only in food, and they're what? trying to survive. So I think that you gotta, you got to airdrop some food in for the monkeys. Otherwise, they're going to start would, breaking into your home, right? Because if I was a monkey yeah, well, and I knew everyone was inside true. their house cooking and eating, I'm coming in. <laughs> but monkeys are just like little hairy people, right? That bite. <laughs> Yeah, I guess, but that's you know they don't they don't understand how to use silverware yet. But if they did, then they'd be the same thing. Yeah, if we do, we're in trouble because then they're going to start using knives. <laughs> Nothing scarier than a monkey with a knife. <laughs> yeah, especially one of these little ones. Like, can you imagine if all these monkeys had knives? Like this, this five hundred deep pack of monkeys, and all of them had shivs. <laughs> we just want some steak, and if it's got to be human steaks, we'll take them. Yeah, I, I don't know what you do about it because it's like pigeons, right? Like you're not supposed to feed pigeons. Yeah, but this is just like just, same thing with squirrels, right? Like the squirrels in um, what's the park that's by NYU? Uh oh, um, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and the squirrels uh, are real aggressive uh, there. The real Washington aggressive. Square Park. Yeah, they're real aggressive. They'll they'll come up to you and say, "Hey, what you got there? Got some nuts? Let me get one." <laughs> but if <laughs> these are like Thai pigeons, if these are like Thai pigeons, then like what do you do? Do you just like? Do you feed them or are they more like pests? Because if you want to be humane, then yeah, you should do something to try to take care of these monkeys so they don't end up dying or either by killing themselves or by, you know, starving to death. Nobody wants to see that. 
Well, because I think that's the thing, right? When they're normally getting fed, is this a problem? You never hear about the monkeys overrunning Thailand. It's just now when there's no tourists to feed them. Yeah. I think you started like adopting them. You start like giving them away. Make pet monkeys a thing. Try to figure out a way to civilize them. I, I, I think you just got to drop some food in there for them. Like, especially as food is still going to start going bad soon, right? Like, if you own a restaurant and you can't serve yeah. this thing, like, if I was the government, be like, hey, look, this is going to become a public nuisance. I'll give you some money for your food, and we'll get in a truck, and we'll just start dropping this food behind this and let the monkeys eat. Yeah. I don't know. Monkeys are kind of cool, though. I'd take one. I'd, I'd take one in. Seems pretty cool. I'd bring it to work with me too. Look, all I know I is that there. Like, I keep remembering that. that story of that chimp that ripped that woman's face off. I'm good with owning a monkey. Oh. But is that a chimp or? It doesn't matter. Like, what kind like, of monkey? Any, anything that looks close enough to us, I don't want to own. Okay. All right. Fair enough. You just convinced me not to have one. Thank yeah. <laughs> all right. So we're not going to do that. So that's it. Those are all the stories. Um, let's move on to a little bit of uh, political talk. A little bit of reddish, bluish, blackish, Jewish. I don't, I don't have many options, but I do want to ask a question. Is it, at this point, pretty obvious or likely, I'd say, that Trump has coronavirus? <laughs> and this, and this, is why, this is why I say that. Pence, who's in charge of the coronavirus task force, was asked if the president had been... Uh, had been uh, tested for coronavirus. And he said, I don't know. No, that's not a good answer. (laughs) That's not a good answer because you'd want to say yes, but you'd want to say yes if you can say he doesn't, if if you can follow up by saying, yes, he's been tested. No, he doesn't have it. But you said, I don't know, (laughs) which means... Which is crazy because Somebody you would assume asked him if he had coronavirus and did he said I don't know? No, because they've only been asking if he's been tested. Like today during this press conference that he had, which was bananas. He <laughs> he was Trump. saying some somebody asked him, they're like, Hey, you uh you took a picture with this guy at uh Mar a Lago and that guy was confirmed positive for coronavirus. Do you think you should be tested uh based on the fact that you were in contact with him with this guy who had coronavirus? And his answer was, Yeah, I don't think I know the guy. I take a picture with a lot of people. It's like that wasn't the question. <laughs> not the question. And he's like, But I he's like, I probably will get tested, but not because of that. Not because of that thing, just because, you know, I, I'd love to get tested. I should get tested. But he's like, But not because of that. No, I don't know the guy, so I probably don't. It's like that what what are you talking about? You're getting so defensive. Anything that could possibly be a bad thing, even if it's like, hey, this could be for your health. The way he's talking about it makes me think he has it. And, you know, that's fine. Look, I think if he but had he, it, it's It's like the Kim Jong-un thing. Again, I, I which just we think could talk about as well. Yeah, I just think that they wouldn't let him be around. Like, they would try to hide the fact that he has it by not letting him be around a bunch of people. Because, yeah, if I was Pence and this dude had it, I'm not going to stand next to him being like, well, the president has it that I have it, too. Like, I wouldn't be, I'd be like, no. That's true. He was he was touching the microphone constantly. Yeah. He was shaking people's hands. He was touching them. Yeah, because I, th- I think regardless, I don't think anyone's will, any of these guys are actually willing to die for Trump this way. Right? Because there's, like, no martyrdom in this if this happens. So if Trump had it, I'd just be like, hey, look. Unless he's he got just... dirt on all these guys. Yeah, can he's he like, just you're going to let do me do whatever I want. Like, be like, do I have to be here when he does this speech? Like, can I just like stand back? Yeah. So he... I look, I don't, I think if he has it, he doesn't know. 
And I would even argue that he's probably saying, I don't need a test behind closed doors unless I have symptoms. Test me if I have symptoms. Because at this point, right, like there's I believe that the Canadian prime minister's wife has tested positive for this. Yeah. Um, So, like, it's very real possibility that these guys come into contact with so many people that it is probably more likely for them to catch it than your average American or your average Canadian or your average person. Right. Because there are many people from all over the world over the last couple of months. And they haven't been taking this thing as serious as other countries have. So it's a very real possibility that Trump could, he's come in contact with it. Whether he has it or not, I don't know. Well, in their defense, it's a hoax by the liberal media. Yeah, and that's so, the problem is that these are the people that say sense. it's a hoax. And they'll be the ones, just like the basketball player who was joking around. And he's the one that catches it. That's why you don't joke around about this stuff. Because even if you do catch it, you look like a total jackass when you catch it. Versus just being like, hey, look, you know, I don't think it's that serious, but, you know, you can always take precautions by washing your hands more, this, that, and the other. But if you start making fun of it and calling it a hoax, the minute you get it, they're going to, the media is going to drag you through the mud about it. Yeah. And I'm not going to be that guy that says I wish he has it and all that stuff. I just think the way that they handle that question is very suspect. And it does have the shades of the Kim Jong-un stories, which is like he can't be pictured having a mask on. And how he disappeared, how he fled Pyongyang to go to the coast to basically stay away from it. Because there's people, because coronavirus is in North Korea as well. And the fact that, and I bet you, even if Trump has it, they're not going to report how many deaths and how many people are ill in North Korea. Heck no. Because if Trump has it, he'll never admit it. He'll never admit it. It'll leak and he'll deny it. I was about to say, or if he's hospitalized because Trump is in his 70s. And yeah. you could argue that he is not in the best of health as he could be for a seven-year-old. Not saying he's sick, not saying something's wrong with him. It's just that he's not, you know, he's a, he's a heavier guy and he doesn't eat yeah. well. And so he's probably more prone to, you know, succumbing to an illness than your, you know, than your average 70-year-old who isn't already passed away. Just because at 70, you got to take care of yourself. You got to eat right. You got to try and get out and exercise and walk. Trump's not doing any of that. Yeah, you might not be able to take those amphetamines uh, while you're sick. Yeah, so. <laughs> to keep you keep you powering through, or maybe you do. Maybe that's a solution. Who knows? It's uh, it's an interesting thing. But I, I saw that and I was like, ah, uh, that's a weird answer to that question. Yeah, it's just it's I the, don't know. You the, run the thing. Like you're the guy. You're the dude who's supposed to know everything. You know. But and if you're well, not, you're supposed him. to be right, the guy. Cool. You're supposed to be the guy that takes the measured approach. Like that's the thing. Like if there's ever a time where you want to know why Trump is a problem as a president, right? Like regardless of your politics, right? Like regardless of if you're a Republican or Democrat, or if you believe in some of the policies that the other side believes in, right? Like regardless of that, there's one thing that's happened with every single, even George W. Bush, that everyone sort of said, "Hey, he's not a very bright guy. He's you know nepotism has gotten him where he is, et cetera, et cetera." When George Bush talked. It wasn't in this real flippant way, right? Like yeah. you felt a bit of leadership, even from him, of going like, "Yeah, the guy's not the brightest, and he says some dumb stuff sometimes." But when he gets in front of a group of people and speaks, and he's serious, you're like, "Okay, that's our president." With Trump, I mean, he can't even do the, you know, "Hey, we're closing the we're closing the borders from flights." He looks like a zombie because he's just not presidential. He's not a professional. Like, just as a human being, yeah. he's never been, like, you don't, when you think of Donald Trump, you don't think that's a professional. That's a guy, when he speaks, he commands an audience. He's, he's a But his base star. does, his base does think that. That's the difference. Today, when he was doing the speech, this was before he even got questions asked to him. 
He was like, Google's building us this website. They're building it really fast, better than any better better than websites like they used to. It's like, what does that mean? Was that a jab at like the at the Obamacare website? Probably. But he had to get that dig in there. And then when somebody was asking about the response rate and all that, he was comparing it to the swine flu and saying how, you know, the, all the previous processes they had were bad and that's why they had to change them. And that swine flu was a disaster. And it's like, we're not talking about that. And this is just the beginning. You don't know where this is going to net out. Yeah. Because they he shut down the... Um, the uh, like the pandemic office, yeah, or yeah something like he that. Said, he's like, yeah, you don't need that, and it's like, no, you need that for exactly the time that it yeah. does happen. So You're somebody asked him that. So somebody asked him about that. I'm gonna just bring up this quote because it's like the top, the top Reddit thread and like the top response to that thing. It was, uh, it was pretty wild. Um, where somebody from PBS, I think, asked him. They were like. Do, uh, let's see, one moment, one moment. It's coming, it's loading, slowly. Question, you said you don't un- you don't take responsibility for the slow response to coronavirus, but your administration disbanded the White House office on pandemics? So Trump's response, that's a nasty question. When you say me, <laughs> I didn't do it. We have a group of people in the administration. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Some yeah, it, it's ridiculous. He's like sometimes pandemic response teams just get let go. You've been let go from a paper. That's what he said to this woman. Wow. Again, it's it's just so like it's because he's always on combat mode. Anything that you say, if it's not glowing praise for how amazing of a job he's doing, he gets takes it so personal that he does nothing but lash out at everybody else when this is the time when a pr- when you're president instead of saying it's a hoax and this is nonsense and hey that's a nasty question don't ask me questions you just again a real president <laughs> would sit there and just go hey look i understand everyone's panicked but you know we're going to do the best that we can and we're going to try and fight this thing we're going to try and fig- figure this out again it's it's saying nothing but him basically saying the opposite, which is just completely ridiculous things, doesn't help either because a bunch of his base is going to catch this thing. And they're not going to feel real good when all of a sudden he's saying stuff and they're in it saying, like, wait a minute, that's a lie. I'm trying to get this done and I can't get it done. That's going to start to dissolve his base if this thing blows up the way that a lot of people are predicting that it will just because the U.S. response has been somewhere in between sort of South Korea's great response and Italy's awful response. Um, and the U S is a much bigger country. So, yeah, well, I hope, I hope it doesn't come to that. I hope that things are fine and things are contained and it is an overreaction. I'd better to overreact than underreact, I suppose. Um, and with people taking this, like, I've never seen anything like this before. I don't think anyone walk. Yeah. It's, it's pretty wild. And the numbers themselves don't really speak to the volumes of what's going on, which leads me to believe that, you know, they're, they're obviously a lot higher than they are now, but right now you're looking at 41 deaths and about like 1,500 or so cases in the in the U.S., which isn't that many. No. But that's also because testing is I was about to highly say, limited. No one knows how many people actually have it. And, as, and if you're right where you said it's asymptomatic and there's a generation of people who are just going to be like, yeah, you know, I didn't really feel anything. But, you know, yeah, I cough for a night. But then after that, you know, I'm able to sort of power through and it's not that bad. Then a lot of people might not even know that they have it and that they got over it if it is indeed this asymptomatic. Yeah. And because it's limited, you can't actually get tested if you're not showing symptoms. So who knows? 
we'll find out. But at the time being, it's just really poorly handled. Like, that's why I'm saying I'm just going to kind of do what I, I don't know better than professionals. I'll do what Sanjay Gupta tells me to do. <laughs> and that's the thing, man. So many people. And again, I'm not saying that you're wrong. Just a lot of people get there. This is why the news exists. Right, it's real funny because this is the first time in like three and a half years that I believe that the news media has actually covered something other than Donald Trump. Well, they're doing both because it's like, yeah, well, hey, here's yeah, a bunch of stuff. You can just and say like, this guy yeah. sucks. <laughs> yeah, so but like, you but have again, Fox it, News kind of. This is where this is where the whole messaging and corrupted, not corrupted as in oh, one's corrupt. It's more like. Um, corroded is probably the better term here. The corrosion of the news media and perception, because you have Fox News, who's basically repeating all the talking points that Trump wants them to. And then you have CNN, which is basically being shit on as fake news. So even though you have somebody like Sanjay Gupta, who's giving you factual information, it's it's being tainted as fake news to the side who really needs to be paying attention to it. It's like if they're covering a hurricane, you're getting all the details on that hurricane. And then they're going to sprinkle in stuff about like, yeah, this thing's Trump saying are lying is lying. And they might be right about that, but the damage has already been done. Yeah. And they haven't really done much to help themselves, but because of the theater that they've created out of themselves with the infotainment, because this is when news is actually truly required. Yes, absolutely. Cause then it's just literally, how do you get information out as fast as possible? Yeah. And how do you, and how do you keep people watching? And then, and to do that, you bring in some really fun panels and you get after it with Chris Cuomo. <laughs> All right. Enough of that shit. Let's, uh, let's move on to media therapy. And I got a question for you. Who is older? John C. Riley oh, or that's Paul Giamatti? One. Oh, that's a well, real good one. This uh, is the one I had queued up for you last week. Uh, but I and then and then you were like, let me ask you a question that I don't know the answer to. So figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got say, the answer for this one, though. I'm going to say that John C. Riley's older. And the only reason why I say that is because I tie him and Will Ferrell. And I think Will Ferrell. I mean, that's another good one as well. I believe Will Ferrell is a bit older than Paul Giamatti. Well, we could do those. Let's do them both in there. Let's put uh, Will Ferrell. Because Will Ferrell, I believe, here. is like 52, 53. Oh, well, that's interesting, isn't it? Is he older than that? Okay. 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 Wait a minute. Three, three tabs here. Tough to manage. Got it. All right. So what, what is the order? So you got John C. Riley. Yep. Paul Giamatti and Will Ferrell. In what order, from youngest to oldest... What so I'm say? going. I'm going. Will Ferrell, John C. Riley, Paul Giamatti. Okay, you are correct. Oh, look at that. Will Will Ferrell is one month is one month younger than Paul Giamatti. John C. Riley two years older than uh, than Paul Giamatti. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. So I thought of this one because Walk Hard has been on a bit lately. 
And I love that movie. Yeah, I know. Have you, you love seen that it? Movie. I have seen it, and I don't love it as much as you do. It's. Can fun. I? Can I also say that? I think every comedic actor is in that movie. Yeah, I can't a lot of them. think of a movie with more cameos than Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. And it's it's really if you have not seen that movie, if you're listening, you haven't seen this movie. Yeah, it's, it's okay. You owe it to yourself. It's no, okay. It's so fun. I know. I know you it's, love it. It's just okay. Even, I mean, just even if you just want to spot the cameos, because wherever you turn, there's another cameo in it, and it is, it is wild. But I, I really, I really have a great time watching that movie. But anyway, um, that that's why it came to me. So what? Uh, you got anything you want to talk about? We can keep talking more about coronavirus, yeah, but know. Uh, you know, I mean, the I, fact I that like last week we <laughs> talked about the Bond movie getting pushed back. And now it seems like this is going to run through Hollywood productions as well. As in, movies aren't just getting pushed till like November; they're just getting pushed out to next year. Yeah, the Fast and Furious thing is crazy. Why yeah. next year? And does that mean they're not shooting ten this year? Because I figured they were going to shoot them. No, everything's going to get pushed back if, because again, the problem is is that you can't have groups of everyone's afraid of getting together in groups. So yeah. if you're filming a movie and trying to do press releases and you're relying on China for their money, and Fast and the Furious is one of those franchises that has seen great, you know, that has seen great benefits from having China, you know, the Chinese audience interested in your film and your stars, yeah, you might as well just go ahead and push this thing out, take it as a loss. Because right now, all these studios are basically looking at their lineup going like, this is the year to report a loss because everyone's losing money. Professional sports leagues are using money. Everyone is losing money except for Netflix, apparently. But again, Netflix is going to lose money because any original production that they're working on now is going to be halted because you can't have oh, people. They're, they're fucking stupid. Because if I was Netflix, I would be like, hey, look, we got 100 things coming out this week. Let's just do 10. And then we can do 10 things a week for the next three years and we'll yep. still have enough content. The amount of shit that Netflix put. Hell, they could take stuff off and then say, we just released this new thing and no one would notice. They have yep. way too many things. Yeah. Yeah, but again, all those new all those new productions and they rely on advertising too. It's just Netflix is in a great position because you don't have to go anywhere, right? And if you're stuck at home and you're quarantined somewhere, the best thing to do is just turn on Netflix and binge through a series or binge through a movie. Um, yeah. But well, yeah, look, it's going to push out Hollywood schedules for all different types of films because that stuff really is schedule dependent. They release movies, especially the summer blockbuster time. Like Marvel relies heavily on May, June, July for their films. Um, like that stuff's going to start getting pushed because people are not going to want to go to the movie theater and you don't want your movie to tank just because of this virus. So you say, hey, we'll just push it out. We'll push it out to when we can. Do we find a better spot in the schedule and hope that everyone rebounds ready to spend their money the minute that things start to get lifted? Well, look, here, here's some dumb shit that my dad said. I was talking to him and he's like, well, if you, uh, he's like, you might be, he's like, so if you're, if you have to quarantine, he's like, what do you do? He's like, you don't read. You'll probably be bored all day. <laughs> like, wait a minute. <laughs> what a weird ass comment to make. <laughs> that was an actual comment. I'm like, wait, if you is that the only option? Is that the only thing you can do? I was do? about to say, if anything, you have more times now to do everything but read. Yeah. Yeah. Who's reading? <laughs> what am I, a nerd? Get you out of here. you got enough games to go through a backlog. If you, yeah. if you actually get stuck in New York City, there's enough games and movie for you to watch probably for the next, you know, probably for a lifetime, to be honest. Yeah, I got, I got my Game Pass. I, I do want to... So if if you are quarantined, I think uh, now's a good time to, uh, you know, start getting into some uh, start getting into some games. 
watch some movies and all that stuff. I could tell you, I've been, I started playing a game and this is something anybody can play because it's, although I'm playing it on switch, you can play it on PC as well. It's on steam. It's called murder by numbers. And my God, I love this game. I started, now, we're in a bit of a, game. I started playing it. Great. Oh, this is awesome. We could actually talk about it because we're at a weird time in the switch, uh, life cycle. Um, the only thing that Nintendo's really announced for it, because people buy, Nintendo consoles for Nintendo games. Yes, first and party Switch games. for me yeah. has been f- mostly for Nintendo games, first party games. Um, there's any second party stuff they're publishing, like um, like Tokyo Mirage Session, which took up like most of my last two months on the Switch, and um, and a lot of indies. Love playing indie games on the Switch. And since Nintendo hasn't had a direct, and we have no idea what's coming after Animal Crossing, which is coming out a week from today, as of this recording. Um, yeah, I'm just like, all right, well. I'm not getting Animal Crossing. I'm hoping they'll announce some cool stuff soon, and there might be some indies coming out. But this is a game that I heard about. Looks awesome visually, and it's a Picross game, so I'm all about it. Yes, Murder by Numbers is a visual novel murder mystery game where the primary gameplay hook is solving Picross puzzles. And occasionally you'll find evidence. You might have to interact with some people and present them evidence to um to find the killer um and that's really the game the dialogue's fun it takes place in the 90s the characters are really over the top and eccentric but as you'd expect in like a kind of a phoenix Wright style game and uh i got i gotta tell you i am having a blast playing this game i am loving it john what do you think yeah, I like the puzzles. I'm not so in love. Now again, I'm at the first the first story, the first case. And I'm not There's so in love with the dialogue. Game. Yeah, so I'm mm-hmm. not so in love with the dialogue, but I also realize that this is cuz this is this game made by a Japanese developer? I don't think so. No. Okay. Cuz it it's got a bit of that sort of really hokey a bit over the top anime yeah. inspired it's dialogue, trying to be right? Phoenix Wright style, and that is yeah. a Capcom So again, game. it's fine. I just don't. I'm just not all in love with it. Like I tend to get bored when I got to do too much dialogue, and like I just kind of want to. I kind of want to progress through like the clues and solving stuff, and then presenting the murder case. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So I've got to a point where I'm getting clues still, and I'm not at the point where like I've solved anything yet. But I'm enjoying it. I really like Pick Cross. That's the one puzzle I like. Puzzle games, and I like strategy games. So Picross is a game. It's probably the second game I bought on the on the um, on the Switch because I just wanted a puzzle game. I just yeah. wanted a game I can sit there and sort of figure out a. So basically, the way Picross works for those who don't know is that you pretty much get a grid, right? You get like a, for example, a ten by ten grid, and on mm. those grids, you basically get like numbers, right? So like one grid will say like the number nine, or one row will say like the number nine, and a, and the column on the other side would say like the number five. Right. Mm -hmm. So you basically you're trying to fill out the squares so that way the numbers and the rules match and it ends up making like a really fuzzy picture. Um, And that's pretty much the that's pretty much the game. So the grids get bigger. The number sequences get harder. So you'll get a number sequence that's like one, two, one, five. And so like the first one's one. Then there's an X and the next one's two. So on and so forth. So it's a great puzzle game. It's just a good sort of mind bending. Like it's almost in the style of Sudoku. If I was to compare it to anything um yeah it's kind of like sudoku where all the numbers and things have to match in order for it to make sense um yep. to, to make all the rules for the lines for the yeah and you rows basically so chip away the, yeah with a with a patience exactly. and understanding it's like there's nothing so with these t- there's nothing to me that's difficult about once you understand the logic of a pick yeah, exactly. there's nothing there's difficult nothing difficult of it. yeah 
Other than sometimes you don't have enough information, so you probably have to make an educated guess and then be prepared to go backwards as you find Mm. out more clues. That is... Um, So if you're doing a puzzle right, that is almost that that you can avoid that and that should never happen so so again you generally can but, but you can you can far, yeah i got pretty far in the in the the original game where there's sometimes it's like wow this is actually sometimes the best way to sort of get started is to be like okay i'm pretty sure this is it and then you might realize that you're one off or like mm-hmm. oh, okay yep i misread that one and i'm one off and then you go back again it's not that it's necessarily that you got to completely redo it you just might have to make some changes as you're going along in the very yeah. same way that you can do sudoku um where yeah you might think that this is a five but it's not because you just weren't paying attention and it's actually this one so like it's just it's a puzzle game you might have to go through and just go backtrack a bit to fix something right yeah um, and i so yeah and so i'm yeah, really doing it right you my, don't have to do it just like there's some people who are really really good at sudoku who can sort of look at it and go okay that makes sense and i can fill this thing out but for yeah. the average joe that has to kind of look at it you might make a mistake every once in a while yeah and the the game itself is like the story is weird because you have a uh you have your main character whose name is Honor, and she's an, an actor who's like, who's basically turning, <laughs> who plays a detective and then ends up kind of becoming a detective. And she's joined by a robot named Scout, <laughs> which is, uh, which is entertaining. And there's like this wild cast of characters. You got this kind of stuck up act actresses with her. You got her gay best friend who's like a makeup artist. And you got this like grizzled detective is like kind of the stereotypical detective character. I mean, in, in a later, in later uh, cases, you'll, you meet her mother and her ex-husband. Like the game, the game is like, it's funny in the dialogue, in the directions that it goes. I mean, hell the first puzzle you solve, you're looking for your keys and it's like, no, that's a tampon. <laughs> like that's the first thing you do in the game like it's wild uh so, yeah, like, like i said and that's the stuff that i'm like okay i get it ha, ha but i'm just not again it just doesn't grab me in the in that way the way that some other games do so it's like the actual puzzle in the mechanic i mean you know i felt very similar about dang on rampa when i played that it was very similar in like okay like some of the dialogue yep. and stuff i personally don't really care for but the game is still fun the mechanics of trying to figure out who killed this person is fun yeah, I like it. I think it's pretty it's pretty cool the the way that it's set up and it's unique. It's um it's not unique in that the story and the style and the clear influences that it takes, but it's unique in that it uses Picross as its core mechanic in in moving things along. Whereas something like um Zero Escape series would have an escape room puzzle, this will throw out a bunch of Picross puzzles. Be like, oh yeah, and and it's all presented through this robot of, oh, let me scan this thing. And then, of course, you have you do your pit cross puzzles and they throw in a wrinkle every now and again where you have to do like where they time you to do a succession of these five by five puzzles to to like hack into things. But that I've just finished chapter two and that's happened once per chapter. So something to look forward to. But I I enjoy it. And if you're if you're stuck in quarantine and you want a breezy, fun story and with some uh, with some pit cross puzzles on the switch it's good my issue that i have are the controls i wish i could use the touchscreen and because i've played a lot of these games on uh, on on my phone and it would be great to just be able to play it with that the precision of touch yeah, fair and enough. that sounds weird because you can be more precise with the controllers in theory but the analog controls which i would default to can feel very finicky 
at yeah, times. They are. Like, and, I agree. Because again, I again, I would say if you have a Switch and you actually just want to, I would buy the original just pick cross puzzle game anyways without the story and just do the puzzles. It's just a good way to kill some quick time of just trying to solve a puzzle, get your mind going. So it's like pick cross S three, I think is the yeah. last one that came out. Yeah. But there's a lot of them. Or if you just want to play pick cross puzzles, there's a ton of free ones on your phone and they're, they're all pretty good. I played a lot of them. Um, yeah. So check it out. Murder by numbers. I mean, I've also just started playing Ori and the will of the wisps, but I've only played that for 45 minutes, but I could tell you after 45 minutes, that might be the most beautiful game I've ever played. It is gorgeous. And it, if you have an HD, if you have an HDR 4k TV and an Xbox one X, you, you need to play this game even, and it is brutally difficult, but absolutely gorgeous looking and it's, and it's on game pass. So if you have game pass, which you should, if you have an Xbox, then uh, check it out. It's worth it. Worth a play. Yeah. Cool. So, so yeah, that's it. That's all I got. All right. Well, yeah. Look, I saw a movie. Oh yeah, I did. I did. I did see that Ben Affleck movie too. I saw the way back. Was it all right? So, yeah, it was all right. Not the movie you'd think it was. I went in. It's from the director of Miracle and Warrior, and I'm like, cool. And it's like Ben Affleck, who's an alcoholic, who's uh, going to become, who basically ends up being this basketball coach. And you're like, okay, I'm gonna get like a nice inspirational sports movie out of this. Nope, not that movie. Not that movie. You get a little bit of it. That's not the movie. Not the movie. So if you go in expecting that, expect to leave a little bit more depressed than you would in, say, Miracle or Warrior, which doesn't have the most uplifting ending, so to speak, but it's definitely more heartwarming than this. But it's a great movie, Uh, Warrior. And I will say Ben Affleck acts his balls off in this movie. He's, He's really great. He's really good. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so that's it. Anything else you want to talk about? Nope, just uh, I'm sure there will be more exciting news on this next week with the rate that this coronavirus thing is being talked about. So, yeah, and if so, if you have anything to contribute, do it. Send me send me some comments on the website at he'sabroad.com, or you can tweet at me at he'sabroad on Twitter, Facebook, he's abroad, all that stuff. Till next time, this podcast is over.